Hello and welcome to the Feed Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Feed Strategy Senior Reporter Ann Roos. Dick Hordike is CEO of AgriFirm, one of Europe's largest animal feed producers. According to Feed Strategy's Top Feed Companies database, Netherlands-based AgriFirm produced more than 5.2 million metric tons of feed in 2021. Hordike recently joined me to talk about a wide range of topics facing the industry today, from deforestation to circularity in feed to challenges caused by the war in Ukraine. Here's our conversation. Hi, Dick. Thanks for being here. Hi, and welcome. AgriFirm's vision is to contribute to a responsible food chain for future generations. Can you tell me about any new sustainability initiatives the company is working on? Yeah, I think uh, I'm still very, very happy with uh, that uh, definition of responsible food chain. It basically means we, we, we look at the earth, the impact that our food chain has on our uh, nature, uh, of course, on animal welfare, but also, for example, we look at the income of our farmers, because in the end of the day, if the income is under too much pressure, it's also not responsible. So very concrete. Uh, recently, we worked on the deforestation free soy, so guaranteed coming from an area where there's no deforestation. Uh, we are running a pilot at Trisant Campina with, uh, with lots of positive uh, input. Uh, we started a uh, fit for feed uh, program. Basically, we look at the ingredients that animals are eating and we ask ourselves the question, is this ingredient also fit for human consumption? And if the answer is yes, we say, you know, that means competition between feet and food. And we are not sure over the coming years uh, if that keeps going uh, well. And so if there is more pressure on your supplies, will there be more pressure on ingredients being available for feet if they also can be fed to our children? So in our Fit for Feed program, we basically measure the content of our feed solutions. And if the percentage fit for food is too high, we start to work to bring it down. A very inspiring, uh, I would say, road that we have started there. And the third example is a short uh, chain initiatives. We realize if the farmer sells direct to the consumer, uh, a significant part of the margin stays with the customer or with the farmer, I should say. And, and we love to investigate if there's a role for AgriFirm to play in such initiatives. Agriculture is often blamed for a large portion of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. What are some things AgriFirm is doing that reduce emissions from agriculture? Well, I think, first of all, uh, let me state that we admit that there is a challenge. Yeah? So I think it is not so useful to say that everything is honky-dory the way it's organized today. So, uh, and at the same time, we realize it is not something that we can change overnight. And again, very often, what you see is if you don't take the right solutions, there will be tremendous pressure on farmers' income. And as a result, there will be resistance. So we are looking for those solutions that include the technical uh, answer, but also the financial economical answer. Uh, a nice example is our Bovara pilot. That is the stuff developed by uh, DSM, as I'm sure you are aware. Uh, we are running a big pilot together again with Fisant uh, Campina, just making sure that indeed the effect is what it should be. Uh, we see the income of the farmer improving because the footprint is lower and Fisant pays a better price when your footprint is below the standard. Uh, we are also investing quite some money in regenerative agriculture, a very modern uh, world uh, those days, uh, as you know, uh, many people are looking at it. And we try to understand, okay, um, so can you have more um, yeah, uh, carbon uh, captured uh, in the soil, uh, for example, not plowing or by applying other techniques than we have done in the past. And finally, uh, we are looking at our specialties, our additives. Uh, can we develop solutions ourselves when we basically have lower uh, greenhouse gas emissions uh, coming from the animals. 
I know your company is involved in research and innovation in several areas. Are there any new projects or innovations you're particularly excited about? Well, I think uh, I mentioned already a couple of them. So what we have decided is uh, we really like to focus our uh, research. So we don't want to try 25 things and hope two will work. Uh, we try to do a uh, interesting uh, sharp selection. And basically in those we say, okay, this is how we should basically make the difference. I think if you look at our additives uh, range, uh, we are focusing on uh, animal health, but also, for example, on, uh, on better growth as a better feed conversion, because efficiency always will remain very important. So besides the stuff that I just mentioned there, so the deforestation free stuff, uh, the work that we are doing on uh, reducing uh, emissions, uh, we are also still looking at, okay, is there ways to have better uh, feed conversion? And you can imagine if you are sharpening your definition of what is a acceptable raw material for feed, uh, your feed quality might get some pressure. You still want to have the same quality uh, of growth and health at the farm. And you have to look at uh, smart additives that take care of the uh, animal's uh, health, for example, from a stomach perspective or something like that. So we, we try to have focus on those topics and bring them together in our research programs. Can you talk about some of the current challenges your company and your clients are experiencing as a result of the war in Ukraine? Yeah, I think what I found an interesting topic, there are many, many examples uh, of direct impact, as you know, and I mean, that is the high uh, gas price uh, resulting, of course, in the high cost of uh, the different ingredients uh, that we are using in the farm and, uh, and on the field. Um, if, if you look at uh, the results that, uh, uh, of the war in the area of availability of, uh, of grain, yeah, the cost of uh, the raw materials, there's a lot of direct impact on the food chain across Europe. The one example I like to point out is, uh, is Africa. Uh, we are dealing with uh, large local players in, uh, in a range of countries in, uh, across Africa and the Middle East. And what we noticed is that the grain prices went up significantly as a result of the war in the Ukraine. And there, of course, the impact is even more direct and heavy uh, on the population than we have here in Europe. The result was that basically it was no longer uh, economically viable to feed the grain to the chicken. So there was a tremendous pressure on the chicken industry in Africa. Uh, and as Avivin, we realized, you know, but this, this makes sense. Yeah? So if this grain is fit for human consumption, we should not find ways to feed them to chicken. We should accept that there is a temporary dip. And of course, you want to keep those uh, chicken farmers uh, in business. So of course, we do all we can with them uh, to sort out uh, the, the, the alternatives uh, or to skip a, a cycle and then restart again. Uh, but yeah, we, we do understand that over time, this might be one of those signals where we say the competition between feed and food cannot be solved by keep on increasing the price that we pay for our feed ingredients. We have to look at alternative ingredients to feed those animals. Yeah, and you mentioned the, some of those challenges, high feed costs, energy costs, supply chain issues, feed ingredient availability. How are ag producers across Europe coping with those issues? Well, I think that uh, remarkably, uh, to a large extent, people have been dealing with it by getting better prices for their goods. Eh? So if you look at the price of milk, for example, everybody noticed, it's remarkable how that increased. So uh, in the end of the day, in the remainder of the chain, eh, the, the, the retailers, food producers, etc., there was an understanding that the better price had to be paid to keep the business of the farmer healthy. 
I think you saw that to a certain extent in other areas uh, as well, like uh, in layers and uh, embroiders. I think in pigs, I, I saw a worrying combination of feed prices being high and prices of the pig uh, itself not developing uh, in the right direction for the, for the farmer. So that would be the examples where I say, well, I'm not sure if we are able to cope with those new expense levels. And if this continues to last for a while, and at the moment, the feeling is it might take a while before we go back to a really normal situation again. Uh, you might see quite some pressure on that uh, specific segment across Europe. And what are some other trends that you expect to see in the animal feed industry in 2023? I think uh, there's a lot of attention uh, on the agenda of circularity. And, and I really like that. I think circularity, uh, of course, has always been important uh, in big parts of the uh, animal feed industry, right? So we are using our byproducts uh, either in the wet or in the dry form. Um, and I do believe there will be more demand in that area, again, yeah, because it doesn't compete with, uh, with food. Yeah, it is something that is not fit for human consumption, but it contains great nutritional value. Uh, and I think our legislation systems are not always supporting us uh, in the best possible way. And I see that is getting more attention here in Holland, but also uh, on a European level. So what I hope is that we get better regulation in terms of allowing more uh, uh, feedstock to be used in a circular way uh, for feeding our animals. Because that is, I strongly believe, the future of uh, animal breeding here in Europe. That we still, you know, we will eat our portion of meat, not all of us, but a large portion of us will eat meat. We might eat slightly less meat than we did a few years ago. But you will need uh, a food chain that basically finds the best way to feed those animals in a healthy way for the animal, but also, of course, for the farm. And there I really see uh, circularity getting more and more attention. And that, that is right, because I believe that really is the future-proof uh, solution that we see more and more across all species. Well, we'll be watching those issues and reporting on them along with you. So just want to say thank you for taking the time today for, to be here on the podcast. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. And thank you to the audience for tuning in. I'm Ann Roos for Feed Strategy.